Hey everyone, this is Chris and Tony's Blood and Donuts. Where we talk about and review your favorite horror movies. So grab a dozen. And a pint of blood. And let's talk about the 2023 Argentinian supernatural horror film, When Evil Lurks. Hey everybody, welcome to Blood and Donuts. I am Tony. And I'm Chris. What's up everybody? And we want to welcome a very special guest. We have John in the studio with us today. How you doing, John? I'm doing good. It's good to see you guys again. Yeah, John has been one of our friends for what, 20 years now? 20, 25 years, yeah. I had class with him, radio, television. <laughs> Chris, when we did our bowling commercial back senior year in high school, John was holding mm-hmm. the camera. Do you remember that? I do remember that. that was it, great it is a shame that is lost to history. Like we really should have kept the tape on that. We really should it have. Was, it made us so popular. Yeah, yeah, so popular. We were so popular. <laughs> We want to thank everyone who has subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And, of course, the folks who are watching us and subscribing on YouTube every week. We are just blown away by the support that we have received in just a short amount of time. We love doing this podcast, but when we see people listening, it makes it so much better. All right, guys. Uh, the way we do this show is uh, we start by sharing some facts and an overview and then we uh, give our rating, and before we go into spoilers, uh, scene by scene. Chris, go ahead and tell them how that rating works. So that's right. So we rank our movies on a donut scale, 1 through 13 donuts. 1 through 4 is terrible, and we're not going to recommend this movie at all. 5 through 8 is going to be like a mid-range. It'll be worth a rent if you have time. Not terrible, but it's not great. 9 through 12 is definitely worth a rent uh, if you need to. Go see it in theaters if you want, but 9 through 12 is worth a view, and 13 is an elusive Baker's Dozen tier, and that would be considered a masterpiece or one of the best horror movies of all time. Oh my goodness. When Evil Lurks. 2023 supernatural psychological horror film written and directed by Damien Damien Rugna. Is that how y'all would say that, guys? Well, from now on, it's going to be Damien. Yeah, right. It's it's Damien. I mean, there's a D-E in there. I don't know. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> guys, this movie was brutal, right? It was an experience. It, yeah. I mean, this is a... Very this is shocking. Oh, my goodness. But uh, I, I'm, I'm just going to say it's well done. I love this movie. Extremely well done. Yeah. Chris? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, cinematography was great. I mean, um, it's one of those movies that just kind of it sucks you in in the first scene. And it doesn't like let you go. Like you're not gonna get up and go get popcorn in the middle of this thing. And it's not just because you have to read the subtitles, because it is in Argentina. <laughs> that was a bit shocking. I did not know that. Uh, uh, Chris, uh, Chris sent to me uh, in. I guess it was Spanish. Uh, but even Argentinian has a little bit different. Did y'all notice that the subtitles were a little? I mean, sometimes the, the, they're slightly the, off. You know? Yeah, there was. There, I mean, some of those things. I was like, what is she talking about? You know. <laughs> it, it's worth it though i mean turn your first of all realize you can turn your subtitles on because i had about 10 minutes of panic and had to go back after oh, yeah, i paid yeah, for yeah, it yeah. to watch it yeah but it, it gets the point across it doesn't take away from the movie no either. it doesn't chris uh chris called me no he texted me and he said hey and he said uh he, he said something in spanish like i just finished the movie in spanish i i googled it to see what it was and then i was like oh so you finished the movie i'm gonna I, and then it, uh, i said i'm gonna do it tomorrow and then i and he said uh you didn't know uh, this is in spanish and i was like no i did not know this 
<laughs> but it doesn't take away from the movie. Have you got no, the subtitles you on? You can't uh, vote against it in any way for being a no. different uh, no. language than you speak. I'm going to be honest because I mean, uh, I don't know. It's 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 kind of. I would say it's it, it's very slow in the beginning, which is great because it builds. On, I mean, like it builds the tension. Uh, you got these two brothers in the beginning, and uh, you got some weird things happening, right? And you're really invested. I mean, you're seeing like these two guys on their land. I mean, and some weird things start happening, and you, uh, they really bring you on this journey with them. Quickly, I didn't yeah. want to leave. Yeah, there, there are a lot of horror movies that have become so formulaic. <clears throat> I'll know what's coming up, and I'll like play around on my phone and yeah. watch. Like I was staring at the TV throughout the entire <laughs> same, movie. same thing. It was good. Yeah. Um, let's see. This is an international co-production of, uh, from Argentina and the United States. Um, it, it, I'm going to mess these, I'm going to mess these names up. Uh, this film stars Ezekiel Rodriguez, Demian Easy. Solomon, Luis Zembrowski. You're not from Argentina if your last name's Zembrowski, mm-hmm. right? No, you're from Canada. What is that? <laughs> How did he make it into there? Never mind. Uh, we got Sylvia Saboter and Marcelo. Mitch, Mitchina, Mitchina. I hope, I don't know how bad I messed that up. Oh my goodness. The director of this, uh, uh, Rugna, um, he, he told, uh, he, he did an interview at Fantastic Fest and he told the audience during a Q&A that there was far, that the farm pesticides in his native Argentina causing widespread health issues was the reason that he wrote this film. Did y'all, did y'all read that? I, I, that is one thing I did find. He, he he gets into the out of sight, out of mind thing where people in the big cities don't want to deal with problems in more rural areas. Yeah, and that comes up repeatedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, he he did a great job. Um, and, and I did read that. That's one of the very few facts. Um, Couldn't find a lot I have of another. This. I have another cool one. Um, he said he loves religion as a faith and helping people, but not as a business. So these characters, you know, while like Exorcist believer. Uh, you know, even the exorcist, you know, they turn to the church for help. He says these characters have to rely on each other uh, for their own support. And it didn't, you know, work too great in parts, but. Um, <laughs> I, as a possession movie, well, you, you bring up Exorcist Believer, which just came out, which uh, mm. which basically is building off the uh, the foundation of what the exorcist, uh, which, which is a, a very original film from the 1970s. Amazing film. Very well done. And mm. basically rehashed. This time we got two exorcisms. You know what I mean? Let's and they just let's bring a priest and a and a Baptist preacher in here. You know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> this is a possession movie. It's dealing with demons, but it's a complete new thing. You know, I've never seen yeah. this. I loved it. They they took an old idea and completely refreshed it. I had no, and I went into this movie blind. I didn't know what it was about. Oh no, and I didn't either. I yeah. lo- I love what he did with it. Yeah. Yeah. Same. You learn about this world as our main characters do. Yes. Um, so they do a really good job of kind of keeping you uh, learning with uh, the main characters. Yes. And um, so, and, and, and this film relies so a, a lot on like just shock. Yep. Um, nobody's off limits. Back in the day, children were off limits. Pets were off limits. Don't form an attachment to anyone in this movie. <clears throat> no. Because yeah, no one is too cute. <laughs> yeah, they will. They will. Yeah, it, this is this is a very shocking movie. I mean, this is uh, we talk about Terrifier as a shocking movie, but my goodness, right? Yeah. This, this is uh, yeah, this, this one is this probably? I would say this is probably. 
I can't think of a movie that is more shocking and disgusting than this film. What, like, can you, does one, any, anyone come to mind, Chris? Yeah. I mean, you know, Terrifier was like a, a gory fun. Yes. This is, you know, Evil Dead is yeah. gory fun. Yeah. Uh, this is gory and not fun. It's gory <laughs> and brutal and unforgiving. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's really just like you said, shocking. Um, and regarding the violence with the children, you know, we talked yes. about the, the kids being there. Absolutely. The government for this movie would not let them use artificial blood on the kids at any point in this film. I did not know. So, that's a good fact, man. That's a good one. Oh yeah. my goodness. Thanks. I didn't know that. Yep. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. So we talked about that a little bit. I'm going to go ahead. Uh, John, why don't you go ahead and jump into your rating? Let's let you go first. Yeah. How about that? Well, some of the things I loved about the movie, first of all, I said I went in blind. I had absolutely no idea what this is about. That ended up being a wonderful thing because I had no clue what was happening. And like Chris said, as they're learning, I'm learning. Like, yes. I don't know what these people are yeah. facing. And that really helped a lot. I, I love that they just put that new spin on a classic horror idea. I mean, possession movies have been around forever. That's the truth. And I mean, we'll get into what it is in the spoiler section. Yeah. But once you realize what the rules are, what's going on, it's yeah. like, that's it's really cool. They got away from the like the exorcism of Emily Rose, the conjuring even, yeah. things like that. It's just completely different. And there's not a lot of fluff in this movie. I mean, you don't like Chris said, don't pause, don't walk away. If you look to the floor, you've you've missed some. Yeah. Even when they're not talking, there's something there's something going on. Yeah. Uh, also the special effects I really liked. There's some CGI, there's not a lot. I'm pretty sure that rotten suit was <clears throat> built. It had to be. And it, and it was beautiful, and, yeah. it, and I really liked it. Um, I really had to struggle to find some things I didn't love about it. I did not love the third act as much, but it was because the movie was so good up to that point. It such, set such a high bar for itself when it finally got to this reveal yeah. part. I was like, I don't know what else they could have done. Yeah. So it wasn't bad. but yeah. and, and there is one character who is just, we'll talk about it later, but there's one character who's pure stereotype. Mm -hmm. And when they died, I wasn't sad. Okay. But that was about it. But as far as rating, I'm giving this a 10. I love this movie. And I think people are catching on that it exists now. Yeah. And it's going to get bigger. And I just hope they don't ruin it with too many sequels. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with everything you said. And uh, yeah. Um, yeah. The, the characters, um, they're lovable enough where uh, I, I say lovable. When I say lovable, I mean relatable enough. You know what I mean? They're, uh, they, they're not perfect. They're making mistakes left and right, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. uh, and we'll talk about that in the spoiler section. From uh, the <laughs> moving a rotten, you know, I mean, like just moving. Like, <laughs> like I don't care what we do with them. Let's just get them out of my backyard, you know. Like that's something that yeah. I would do. And when they're like, you know, they're picking them up on a sheet and all. I mean, just like I mean, just like it's very relatable stuff. Um, these guys are making mistakes, and I, and I love that. So it's very relatable. Um, I love the gore. I love the horror elements. I love how new and just refreshing this thing was. This is what um, this is what Exorcist believers should have been, you know. Yes. And I bet they didn't have half the budget that Exorcist believer had, you know. And uh, it had subtitles. That's fine. Uh, the negative. There's. I mean, there's so many pauses. I could go in that. Uh, John touched on a lot of that, and uh, I don't want to spoil this movie, but um, there is just so much. The negatives. I I, I could say like there there in, in that third act. I agree. There, there is a cleaner, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, and and we get a lot of we get a lot of information on a on a on a truck ride. But again, we're on the ride with him. But uh, it, it was a little it was a little too much for me. And then and then um, I'm not going to spoil it. 
But anyway, and and then the ending there. Um, it, it's uh, I, I'm not going to call it a perfect movie. It's a little. It's it's very gory, and they rely on shock for a lot of these things. The shot. Some of these shots are beautiful. There's a shot behind yeah. one of the guy's heads. He's holding a shotgun, and the goat's antlers are like perfectly um, uh, pictured behind his head. I mean, just like some you can just see, and, and the sunrise is in the background. You can tell that so much thought and care was putting uh, to some of these shots. I think it's a, a wonderful movie, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna get with John on there. Very close. I'm gonna give it an 11. I think it's one of the best horror films that I have seen uh, this year. Wait, it's only 2024. I, it, <laughs> in the past two years, how about let's go with that? How's that, Chris? That that works. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Tony, they call that in the third act. They call that an exposition dump, where they just like dump a bunch of information. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Actors, uh, the two brothers. Uh, playing Mario and Waluigi. Um, they did great. <laughs> um, Louis Zembrowski as their neighbor, Ruiz. Yes. You know, he was great. Um, and like you said, all these characters kind of had flaws, but they, they all acted really well. Uh, pros for me, acting top notch. It's a master class in cinematography. The story was compelling. Like John said, there's no room for rest. It's very fast paced. Yeah. And in like two scenes, with the government, you know, they made these brothers feel so isolated. They might as well have been on Antarctica with McCready. Yeah. Um, the, the and thing, it yeah. trades in that suspense for shock and it works well. The only con I have, there's a couple of continuity issues that I'll touch upon when we get there. I made a mistake with the thing when I rated it too low. I'm not going to do that here. This is a 13 out of 13. Oh, dang. For me. The very first one on this podcast. I loved it. It's been a while, Tony and John, since a movie wow. took me by the goat horns and captivated <laughs> me like this. The actor's story and pace were great. It was a unique experience, and I loved it. Well, why did I just get goosebumps? I feel like I lowballed Man. it now. Yeah. Can I, can, I change, can I change my score? I want to change my score. No, I'm just joking. Man, I got good. My, my nipples are hard right now. Is that on camera? I hope that's not on camera. I need to... I should have wore an undershirt. <laughs> Chris, why did you have to do You could have warned me about that. Man, I didn't I'm expect sorry, that. Golly. John, Shocking I'm, like this I'm glad you got to be here to witness this. The this first is, one. Yeah, this is nice. <laughs> uh, let me, uh, hold on. Is my makeup running? Uh, that was good. Oh, my gosh. I think it's time to spoil this thing, guys. Yeah. Let's do it. When evil lurks, here's the spoils. <laughs> The morning after hearing gunshots in nearby woods, brothers Pedro and are we going to call him Jamie? Are we going to call him Yamie? What are we going to call him? Yimmy. They've called well, him like Luigi. three things in this. <laughs> All right. The more <laughs> I'm not calling him Luigi, Chris. <laughs> the morning after hearing gunshots in nearby woods, brothers Pedro and Yimmy investigate and discover half of the body of a man, which leads them to a nearby shack where a woman is hiding. With her two sons, the oldest son, Uriel, has become a rotten. Being possessed by an unborn demon who is awaiting physical birth, the deceased man in the woods is a cleaner that the mother called for one year prior. Someone who is supposed to safely kill Uriel and abort this demon before it possesses others. Yeah, and this this dude is in a bad way. Um and it's interesting that there are some rules for these rottens that we'll get into later. Um, but like they know these terms like rotten and cleaner, but we don't yet. Yeah. Um, but they do a great job of kind of letting you learn alongside these guys. Yeah. 
I love the opening scene when they're in the house and hear the gunshots and they're just running around in the dark. Oh, it's awesome. Pedro's getting his gun. The camera's like right over yeah. his shoulder. Yeah. Is that, a, is that on our land? Is you know a, what I mean? Is that like, a poacher? Poachers don't shoot that yeah, much. Yeah, I love that. God. And I, did, I don't know why. It, it wasn't funny, but he was just so gung-ho, and he gets outside, stares into the darkness, and is like, we'll check that out tomorrow. <laughs> I love that. And just like, backs into the house. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. It's so. I mean, of course, you know this is a horror film, too. I mean, come on. So you're just like, what are they going to find? And then they find that half cut body the intestines are out and then you're seeing mm-hmm. uh you see marco polo's instruments just strode about the uh yeah. about <laughs> about the forest and uh and and the brother uh uh yimi he he picks it up he says i have seen these before uh, i'm doing a very racist accent i need to stop that <laughs> y'all need to call me out when i do that he says i have seen this before <laughs> Okay, he picks it up and he says, I have seen this before. So, uh, and so he, you know, and uh, so uh, you're like, where did he see this? Oh my goodness, what is this? So you have to put that in your bank, use that uh, later. Why? He was just cut in half, wasn't he? It, we never even saw his top half. I don't think you just saw his intestines <laughs> his hanging in out the, of, yeah. And the dogs kept mm-hmm. trying to eat him. And how wonderful. Like, we do find out how he dies. We're not going to talk about that yet, but my goodness, you're sitting there like, what did this? And this is in broad daylight, too, and I love daylight horror. You don't get that a whole lot. So they're just standing out there in broad daylight and smoke's coming out of the, off the water. It's just beautifully shot and creepy as hell. Yeah. And then they go to that shack, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, you see this elderly woman who uh, and uh, do they ask about what? What are they asking about exactly? They were they were asking about Ruiz. They brought him up for some reason. Yeah. Are they living on Ruiz's land? It, they made it sound like they worked for him in some capacity and like lived on his land and were farmers for him or something. Yeah. And so so we go in and we meet this this elderly lady and uh, and they're they're questioning her like what's going on? We found it, you know, a guy back here. Does she does she go ahead? I forget. She, did she go ahead and say at this point I have I have a rotten son or she said yeah, something. She's, she's yeah. like, I've contacted the authorities and oh, okay. the hospital, and they told me that they were on the way, <laughs> but they haven't gotten here yet. And it, that was the guy that was in the woods. Oh, so you go into this bedroom in this shack, and you have this, I want you to picture 600-pound life. Yes. Slimy, disgusting. I was sitting there, I was like, I'm so glad they haven't invented smelly vision. I mean, there's, I mean, it's like you smelt it without even smelling it. Mm-hmm. It was so freaking disgusting. And Uriel was just sitting there like talking crap about it. Oh, he was just saying stuff, wasn't he? Oh, he was dogging him. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I, he was I, wanting him to kill him. Yeah. yeah. He was like, go ahead, kill me. Kill me. I pansy. would love that. You're such a, oh, you're a pansy. You're a coward. <laughs> you're a coward. Oh, man. It was nuts. I had never seen anything like this. A, a demon born of a... Of a, I didn't even understand what a rotten was. I was just sitting there watching. I was like, "What is yeah, this?" You don't know what you're looking at at this point. You just yeah. walk in on this grossness. And the oh, mom's like, "I brought somebody to kill him, but don't hurt him." It, yeah, and then you see your main guys kind of freaking out, and you're like, "Why are they freaking out so much? Yeah, why is this such a big deal?" And the director kind of he uh, uh, he talked about on the interview, you know, like we've always seen these Exorcist films for rich people like the exorcist yeah. people of who were living in the city. He goes, what if we're out in the middle of nowhere and there is no priest to come by? Yeah. You know, what if we have to call one and it takes a year for him to come out to see us? He said, I'm going to make a movie about that. How cool is that? Man. God, it's yeah. good. Okay. They go to the police after the authorities dismiss this rotten 
as not their problem. The brothers approach the landowner, Ruiz, who aggressively attempts to deal with Uriel himself by disposing of the blighted Uriel, dumping him hours away after narrowly avoiding a young boy in the road. The three men discover Uriel has somehow escaped the truck. Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and they don't talk about it here, or do they? um, This is also the part where they kind of talk to the, the government. And they're like, yeah, we can't do anything. There's protocols. You have to wait for the cleaner or whatever. So they really isolate these brothers and kind of yeah. isolate you, the viewer. Like, these guys are hopeless. Like, they can't just run away from this thing. Yeah, these police are jerks. Man, they're yeah. jerks. <laughs> I just love when they were trying to get the rotten out of the house. That was a Three Stooges skit from hell. It, <laughs> they wrapped him up in a sheet and were trying to drag uh, him out. It and just, then he busted through the sheet. Uh, or Did he? <laughs> It was so disgusting. His pus was like seeping through this yes. sheet, and he falls on the. Oh, it's so disgusting. Rue is Rue is, is my man. Rue is, is like, mm-hmm. hey, this is my land. Oh, I'm gonna stop. I can't. <laughs> Gosh, I want to do it so bad. He's like, this is my land. I want to. T- <laughs> I want to take care of this, and he's just like, he's a take a bull, take the bull by the horns kind of guy. You know, yes. he's old to school. Be fair, I- that's how I read it on the subtitles was that voice. Yeah, um, honestly. That's okay, like just, really just making sure, just making sure. I'm not yep. going to do it, though. Ruiz is like, he's like, let's, hey, we're going to take, hey, I, this is my land. They're trying to get me off my land. They planted Uriel. The yep. government did. Yeah, they want to take my land. They're not going to take my land. I'll get Uriel out of that house. And he goes in there. He puts a shotgun right up next to Uriel's head, doesn't mm-hmm. he? And he's like, I'm about to shoot him. I'm going to shoot him right in the face. And then Uriel's like, go in, go in, go in. I would love for you to do it, you know, and we'll find out later because you shoot a demon. It goes up in the air or something like it's just like, you know, it's like it's like number one. You know, you don't do that. That's number one. But anyway, Rue is good. He puts that gun and then he he has he's like, you know, I'm not going to do it because he knows better. It's like everybody in this land knows the rules. They know Mm -hmm. these like these demon. They've all dealt with it. They've all they all know what's going on. And you're sitting there. You're you're kind of along for the ride. You're like, I guess they've they've dealt with this before or they they've heard these tales (laughs) before um, because everybody's on board and they go in there and get that sheet and he's falling through whatever. It looks like it looks like us three going in there and taking care of something. Right. About that much grace was involved in handling it. And then they finally get him on the truck and they drive as far as they can. They're like, how far have we driven? Which is like the craziest thing. Instead of taking care of it, they're just like, let's just bring it to another town and let it be Mm -hmm. their problem. So so they're like, they're not good people. You know, no. these are not, we're not dealing, our main heroes, as I guess they would be called, are horrible human beings, such as ourselves. Yeah, that's what we were dealt in this movie. <laughs> that's just what they gave you. Yeah. And they, they drop, they drive and drive and drive and drive. And then suddenly there's a kid biking <laughs> to school and he like swerves to miss him. And, <laughs> and they're cussing out the kid. They're like... <laughs> He's effing going to school or something. I, it's like it's just hilarious. And then they get out and they find out that the rotten has been. Yeah, he he. Uh, I guess he just rolled out of the truck. I'm convinced they didn't show that because it would have been too funny. <laughs> like they're trying to keep this movie. See, if I saw that thing flying out of the back of the truck, I would have lost. <laughs> so anyway, at that point, they're saying whatever. It's in a ditch. It's somewhere. Yeah. Who cares? It's somebody else's problem. What's funny, I, I remember he's in the truck and he's like, after they lifted him into the back, they're like, 
They're like uh-huh. smelling. There's, he's like, oh god, the smell. And I said, like, oh, the smells. I could smell it. I wanted to go to. You know me. I take two or three showers a day. I wanted to go take a shower right then. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just can't. I was just like, you invent the smell in your head. Yeah, I was at this like, thing. I was like, Uriel's on me. Uriel's on me right now. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want. It's it. like the only comic relief you get in the entire movie is him <laughs> smelling his hands. That's it for comedy in this whole movie. It's very brief. It. Ruiz declares that this matter is absolutely resolved. He returns home unconcerned. This is unconcerned. Whatever. The next morning, Ruiz's wife discovers one of their goats has been possessed. I, w- I want to stop there for a second. They're, they're sitting there. It says unconcerned. Ruiz is sitting there at dinner. It's the most somber dinner that you've ever seen. He's just sitting there with his <laughs> head down. He knows this ain't over, right? Yeah. He yeah. know, it's very somber. He knows what he just saw. He's sitting there with his head down, all this good stuff. I mean, it's like, it's uh, you know something's about to happen. He accomplished nothing. He's there with his pregnant wife, beautiful home. He's like the most wealthy guy in the yeah. village, and, he, and he's doing exactly what you're saying. He's just yeah. like, we done messed up. Oh, he knew it. He knew it. They're like, let's go home. <clears throat> let's go home. <laughs> let's burn our clothes. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. Why? Because yep. the ick... Uh, uh, no electric. There's there's so many rules that you're gonna learn here in a minute that like like they warrant it, it. Like gives breath to these demons. I don't understand all of it, and I don't think you're supposed yeah. to understand all of it because they're not real clear on all of it. At one point, the grandmother gives seven rules. I don't think we all we hear all seven rules, do we? I don't even remember she got. That's through. what I'm saying. Like, do like, I don't think she gets, goes to all of them. So anyway, um, so so you don't hear all of it, but <laughs> but he knows that this is not perfect. You know, um, Uriel yeah. when he was sitting there and he had that gun on his on his face, Uriel said, "If you kill me, I'm going to get to your wife, and I'm going to get to your to your unborn son." Mm-hmm. You know, he said mm-hmm. that, and uh, so I'm, and this is weighing on Ruiz's mind as he gets home that night after dropping off that rod yeah. right against her warning uh so 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 the wife comes out and says, oh, one of these goats is possessed against her warning not to use the guns because they help to spread the possession of the rotten ruiz executes this animal and then his wife promptly commits murder suicide with an axe chris what did you think That's about the first like this scene holy crap <laughs> <laughs> So I actually watched it with my wife, and I thought she watched Jessica. She just, you got Jessica to watch this. Is she okay? Yeah. So I thought she just killed herself willingly, but the wife was like, "No, she was possessed." And I thought she did it because she knew her husband just screwed up. But yeah, that's no, what. I, but it's still yeah. a great jump scare. Holy I can cow! See that. Yeah, that was nuts. I love that scene so much. Like first of all, her her death scene has replaced the Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven sleeping bag scene as my favorite horror movie death, where he just picks the girl up in the sleeping bag and slams her against a tree. This is my new one. <laughs> and I love. We need more ominous goats in, in horror like, movies. That was a scary goat, wasn't it? It really it it pulled a Martin Riggs from Lethal Weapon and like walked right up to the gun barrel and like stuck its head Golly. on it and like looked him in the eye and was daring him to do it. Yeah, the wife is like, hey, the one of these goats is possessed. And you see this group of goats, and you're just like, which which goat? You know? And he, I think he fires one in the air. Yeah. And all yeah. the goats scatter except for one who was just standing there looking at him. You know what I mean? And, like, you're just like, oh, God. And he has that gun, you know? And at this point, he knows the rules. Yes. He knows the rules. 
but he knows that there's no way out. He he has a pregnant yeah. wife over here. She's you know he's already took the rotten out of town. The goat's there. He knows it's over with, and he's just like. Right? He's just yeah. sitting there with his gun. He's like, I, forget it. I'm just going to take this freaking thing out. And she's like, no, don't do it. No, don't do it. And then he shoots. Yeah, she's begging. Oh, and he shoots that goat. And as soon as he does, it just flips. And she's sitting there with an axe. Right? And she just yeah. hits. She, oh, man. She hits him so quickly. And then she drops to her knees and just takes that axe and hits herself several times in between the eyes. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the camera breaks away one time. No, they show every bit of it. <laughs> no. I mean, it's just a... No. And you're just like, what? What am I watching? Why? <laughs> you know, I think I paused it at that time. I was, he's like, you clear your throat. You put some water. Yes. You put some water on your face, right? You go get yourself <laughs> another bourbon, of course. And yeah. then, I mean, you have to come back for that one. No, that was, no joke. At the end of that scene... I had found, I had like pushed myself up into the chair farther. Like it was so tense. I, I was just all tensed up in the chair by the time it was over. <laughs> and I'm not a stranger to horror movies. Like it's uh, really that shocking. It really is. It really is. Uh, this is not for the faint of heart. This, this is, is this not a date night movie. No, not at all. Yeah. And uh, we didn't mention this, but on Rotten Tomatoes, critics gave this a 97%. Audiences backed off of this one they gave it 81 percent, and i understand why yeah because this is not for everybody Mm-mm. there's gonna be people it's who are not like, a date night movie unless you're me i think we watched this after our anniversary dinner uh <laughs> i love it i was it. like honey I, I gotta work i gotta do this i podcast love that thing. jessica watch watches this these things with you like uh Lauren, I, I can get Lauren to watch some PG thirteen. I have to watch it first, but she would never, she would never do that. I just think it's hilarious. I mean, like, Lauren would never watch this. I don't want her to watch it. She would have nightmares. This is awful, Chris. This is awful. It was awful. <clears throat> yeah, um, <laughs> so good. Um, so the next morning, uh, Yami, Yimmy, and Pedro, or Luigi, and <laughs> Yimmy and uh, Pedro. Luigi, yeah, they one. they agree Sorry, to God. leave town. They're like, hey, we're gonna leave town. We're going to take our family members. We're going to escape to safety. Uh, Yemi or Yemi gets their mother while Pedro goes to the home of his ex-wife, Sabrina. This leads to an argument between himself, Sabrina, and her new husband, Leonardo, when Pedro tries to collect his two children. It leaves off this yeah. uh, this teenage kid that visits them the, the, in, the, in the night, too, Chris, right? Yeah, it did, and it, it left off a creepy shadow because when Waluigi's sitting there um, and he looks up at, like, the goat antlers on the wall, yeah. like the shadows kind of crawl up the oh, wall. Oh, I forgot like about that. that. Yeah. So that's where um, one of the rules, I, I think, that. is uh, don't use electricity. So I think the evil kind of came there. It kind of uh, alludes to the younger kid, uh, Uriel's son, I guess, um, it alludes to him being possessed already, too. Wow. That's nuts. Um, John? I love the argument scene. It was just so wonderfully awkward to see him. Because he shows up, and I'm guessing it's her new husband is there, who like opens the door and says, I don't know if I can let you in. First yeah. of all, I hated him. He was the weakest part of the whole movie. He didn't do anything <laughs> until his wife told him. It was just, you're not supposed to be here. You're not supposed to be here. Should I call the police? I don't know what to do. <laughs> Tell me what to do, wife. But I love how this was filmed. It was a small room. They were in close quarters. They were yelling loudly in this small room. There's small kids in there. It, it's just, it's uncomfortable. And he's trying, or Pedro's trying so hard to get his point across. Like, we got to go. Don't make me explain it in front of the children. Just give me clothes. Let's go. Yeah. And 
she understands what he's trying to say, but we get back into this whole, that doesn't happen here. It's not a here problem. That happens over there, and he yeah. just can't get it across. And yeah. uh, Not only that, you, you kind of like, you hear about like how Pedro is kind of a piece of shit. Let's you're, go you're starting to learn that at <laughs> yeah. this point. Yeah. <laughs> Pedro is a horrible dad. Let's go ahead and just get that out there. Pedro has not paid child support. He don't come see his kids. I think he, d- did he want to get rid of his... His oldest son? They hint pretty hard at that, yeah. Uh, yeah, towards the end, they yeah. do. So, so he, he has two children. He has a little girl. Is it the daughter? I thought the daughter was oh, Leonardo. Oh, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. The little yeah. daughter belongs to the stepdad. Yes. Yeah. I, I apologize. So he, so he has a child who is, uh, who is uh, special, special needs. Yeah. Okay. And then he has an, another child as well. Um, so, so he mm-hmm. comes to collect those children. And... Uh, <laughs> And, and the the wife, um, you kind of see like first off, you find out that Pedro was not the best dad or the best human being ever. But you also find out like, man, I kind of understand why he divorced this woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she is so loud. She is something else, and she is really good with those comments, right? She it hurt me. Oh man, yeah. it hurt my feelings. But anyway, the night before this happened, the kid, the brother of Uriel visits this farm mm-hmm. and he goes ahead and tells him, he says, Ruiz is dead. Yes. His wife, his pregnant wife is dead. My mom is dead. Right. Yeah. And they're like, he's like, can I stay here? I have nowhere to go. And, uh, and, uh, y- Jimmy, Yimmy mm-hmm. is like, you can stay in the barn, mm-hmm. but he don't even want him to stay in the barn, but he goes and no, I think Pedro doesn't want him to, Pedro <clears throat> wants him to stay in the barn, but, uh, Jimmy doesn't. Jimmy want doesn't to want him to stay at all. at all. Yeah, yep. But they're like, go stay in the barn. We're gonna leave tomorrow anyway. Here's what we're gonna do. Yep. We're gonna leave town. We're gonna go collect our families. You know, let's go get mom. Let's go get my children, and let's get out of Dodge because this is gonna go sour pretty quick. Mm-hmm. While they are distracted by the argument, the family dog, who has previously licked Pedro's demon mucked clothes savagely attacks Leonardo and Sabrina's daughter and drags her outside. Leonardo and Pedro chase the dog and the former shoots the dog. Pedro returns to Sabrina, but sees that her daughter is back unharmed and threatening Sabrina. So Pedro steals their car as Pedro drives away with his sons. He witnesses that Leonardo crashed his car into Sabrina as their daughter dances. What? Yeah, super duper creepy. And so we were watching it, right? And the dog was sitting beside the little girl. You knew it was going to happen. I was thinking in my head, I know this is about to happen. It shouldn't happen. And shocked and scared the crap out of me. Yeah. You knew it was going to happen, but it shocked the crap out of you. Like once, once that pregnant woman put that axe into her face, yeah, you're it's like, you're off, like, nothing's off limits. Nothing. They don't care, right, John? No, they're out to hurt you at this point. <laughs> they want to break you. You know, so much happens in this. Like this is not a long scene. It's it's five six minutes. Oh, but for, I mean, first of all, the dog is hooch from Turner and Hooch. Like it's yes. that big red bulldog looking thing. Yeah. And first, like, the bite itself is very Jaws-esque. Yeah. Just sitting there calmly, and all of a sudden, just... Oh, my gosh. And no one notices except the little brother. And the brother has the reaction that the audience has. We're all just sitting there like... It was was so nuts. It was so freaking nuts. 
the the dog. Uh, first off, you're sitting there like. Um, as an audience member, you're like, Pedro, why are you returning? Why are you coming to this house with your nasty ass clothing? Yeah. You know, and, uh, I need new clothes. I need new clothes or whatever. And he takes his clothes off. He's making so many mistakes and you're only like 30 minutes in, you know, I know you're coming to pick up your kids, but man, you're putting them at harm. That was the worst thing he could have done. Right. Yeah. And so this, yeah, this family pet kind of comes and licks his clothing, which has Uriel's Goo, pus, goo, His natural juice, moisture on it. And Surely he burned the clothes the night before. No, I don't think so. Well, I don't think idiot. so. He shed them pretty quick because that's the one naked scene we get yeah, in the movie. He's, he he's, yeah, he's sitting there dancing around with his buttocks. You see his butt. You see more. In fact, um, any thirteen. Is there more? Oh, there's more. I don't know if I remember seeing that. What did you say, Bob? Yeah, there, yeah, there was a dangle. Um, <laughs> Any movie for me that's going to get a 13 has to have nudity in it, and this is what put it over from 12 to 13. This was a 12 until you saw Pedro's uh, uh, penis and uh, and buttocks, and then you're like, 13, baby. for nudity. 13. <laughs> Chris. Anyway. Uh, so, uh, Any- also very creepy when yeah. the little girl goes... Dad's gonna come back and kill you. Oh my oh, god! Dad comes back and goes. The dog draws, dra- drags the little girl out the door, and the stepdad, who is uh, you know like ha- like his wife has to tell him you know how to pee and stuff like that. He mm-hmm. he runs out. He's like, I gotta find my daughter. And, and Pedro knows that the daughter is gone. You know. And Pedro's yeah. like, I'm just going to go get my son upstairs. The son, the special needs son, doesn't want to go with him. He's like, I'm, a, and he promises an apple ice cream, which is the, the, ew. <laughs> sounds so gross. <laughs> Who wants apple ice cream? Like, like, it, like, if there's one thing, like, to get, like, to get my son out of bed or something, I can't imagine apple ice cream being one of them. I'd be like. Do you want a Snicker bar? Do you want a, how about some apple ice cream? How about some Brussels sprouts? Uh, freaking, I don't know. Like a, <laughs> anyway, so he promises him some apple ice cream and he's like, he's not going to be happy. The, the, the whole movie, he's like, he's not going to be happy till he gets his freaking apple uh, ice cream, which is, I guess, is the thing in Argentina. <laughs> in America, we would never put, we, we don't mix our fruits with the ice cream. We don't, we don't, we don't play that game. No, that's a cobbler fruit. Yeah. We don't, we don't, we don't do that. You know what I mean? But anyway, uh, the girl's dragged off, you know, and then Pedro, he's just like, I'm going to get some clothes. I'm going to get my two kids. I'm going to get out of here. And then the little girl comes back, like you just said. And she's like, I'm back. I'm back in the mom. And the mom is like hugging her. And she's like, daddy's going to come back and hit you with the car. Like, right. Yeah. And the mom's like, welcome home, honey. She doesn't get it. We love creepy children. This movie yes. it has so many creepy children, and she oh, it's oh, so it's great. ripe with them. I oh, love I love a good creepy. Ch- Did anyone else catch? I just love this one part. As Pedro's driving away with the kids, you get this one moment with Sabrina where she looks at him, and suddenly she realizes that he was right. She has this oh crap look on her face right before the truck hits her. And Dude, I love I that I, for some reason. I don't know if I remember that, but that's awesome. It you was know? just it was two seconds, and it's almost like justification for oh. him because he's like okay. Pedro picks up Yimey, Yimmy, and their mother. Uh, the assembled family leaves town and arrives at the house of Murda. She's a former cleaner and a friend of Yimmy who invites them to stay overnight. Murda warns Yimmy about Pedro's autistic son. 
he's exhibiting signs of possession, which Yimmy dismisses. Uh, yeah, so the mother in the car ride pretty much like summons the demon to them. Right? <laughs> yeah, she's like, "You're not supposed to say its name," and uh, like Lucifer or Beelzebub. If there's or... ever a uh, like a character that you hate in this movie, it's the it's the grandmother, right? It is. Like she's just yeah. so like just out of it. She's like, "So where's your wife at?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so where? Why do you have your children for the first time she in your gave lifetime? Both kids, yay. <laughs> Well, yeah, so the, the first, what you don't want to do is say these names. L- listen. And she, she said there's a song that goes along with it. Why do they have a song yeah. in this community that like, like, like demons are great and I love the demons bring the, I don't even know. Like, what was that? Is that a thing that they teach in child? We, we have itsy bitsy spider. Why are they singing <laughs> the, these songs? It makes no sense. Argentinians. <laughs> this part, there were a few parts of this I didn't love. First of all, the grandma, she has a payoff later that was worth it. Yes. But I don't love this whole, and I think it was, it was Yimmy. He's like, I know someone who can help. And, you know, there, there's always someone who can help in these movies because they need to bring in more info. They need outside yeah. Yeah. help. And that's where we, <clears throat> we get murder, which is fine. Yeah. But even, like even the grandma, she pissed me off because even she's like, "Well, that doesn't happen here." When he finally starts telling her, it's like we saw a rock, yeah. and everything's like, "No, you didn't." Yeah, we know they're real, but surely you didn't see one. Yeah, I just wanted them to kick her out of the yeah, car. or just like scream at her, "Mom!" It's like, "Listen to me for what's in your life." Yeah, like we just like hit pus coming. I like it was. Just- <laughs> she made me mad. She yeah. really did. There was a dude cut in half. Which, by the way, they didn't they didn't act too surprised about a dude cut in half. In the they floor. really were <laughs> chill about that. That's they were like, uh, this is the, uh, I can't do it. It's a hard life down there. This is the 10th guy that we have found cut in half this year. <laughs> and it just seemed like a very commonplace thing uh, to, to happen. Uh, it, it, anyway, so, yeah. Um, so, so the, pose- uh, so, and so, so Yimmy uh, had, a, had a history with murder, right? It's his cougar ex girlfriend. Mm. This is, is a cougar ex girl. Yeah, like you just said, like he, he used to, I guess uh, lay lay some pipe with Murda. They they Another strongly insinuated. So so like you kind of find out like oh this is why Yemi in the beginning was like oh I have seen uh, these Marco Polo Christopher Columbus tools before and he like picks up these gold instruments with like compasses and numbers mm-hmm. and stuff which by the way. Uh, uh, spoiler alert! Never, never, <laughs> never get to see uh, work and uh, you know and actually be in action out in the. I'm out gonna in the bring field. that up yeah, later. I got some problems with that. It's wrong. <laughs> I would love to see that actually. You see him set it up. Yeah, I got real curious. Real I want to see. I'm like, oh, where do you get this? Is this at Home Depot? Like, where do you get this machine? I mean, this is something. <clears throat> anyway, anyway, the possessed yep. corpse of Sabrina kidnaps her youngest son. And Murda advises that Yemi chase after her while she and Pedro search for Uriel to end the demonic, uh, uh, I'm sorry, demonic plague. While seeking out Sabrina, Yemi discovers that she has killed the child and he runs her over in a fit of emotion. And doing this, he collides with a tree. Grandma stays at Murda's house and waits with her oldest grandson who returns to the house but now he's speaking clearly and without impediment. 
Yeah, she's uh, walking down the road and like eating his uh, brains out of his skull, like popcorn. Um, oh, delicious! Yeah. Popcorn. I mean, I've, I've, I mean, she's just really just getting yeah, into those brains. Extra bloody. Yeah. So I mean, so, so 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 what happens is Grandma takes some sleeping pills, right? And she's chilling at the house, and the ex-wife show Pedro's ex-wife shows up, and she's like, I'm, oh, and Grandma's like, oh, so you're here to collect your kids? This is great. <laughs> Go ahead and collect them, and then she could, like, he does that yeah, with your half face. <laughs> In the half middle of her of face the night. is gone. This grandmother will piss you off, man. Like, they would have been better off not scooping her up, right? Uh, she held them back. Yeah. She caused de- some problems. Definitely. Um, who was sleeping in the car when, Sir, like, Sabrina kind of, like, just, like, just freaking... What is the son's name? It's the autistic son, and I can't... Is it... Oh, I really should have researched so that. It was, the, it was the that, autistic son. That's the son. son. They, he didn't he, want to get out of the car. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, they he had to be changed... So he he, yeah. he he used the restroom on his. He had a yeah. diaper still, so they had to change his diaper in the car. And so Sabrina like kind of like puts his bloody hand uh, across the 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 wind the window in the car. God, it was a creepy moment. But anyway, so you know Sabrina shows up. But before this, she calls up Pedro. Yeah, on the cell phone, and she's just dog cussing the crap out of him and just being like, I know where you are. You're a horrible father. And you kind of get this exposition dump of just how bad he is, which is very typical of a demon possession, right? Yeah. They go after your emotions. Yeah. They really go after your emotions. You're just like, and, and uh, Pedro can't handle it, you know, and I don't blame him. But at the same time, Sabrina, she's uh, good on her word. Um, and yep. she shows up, she knows where they're at. Grandmother pretty much hands over the, the, the youngest grandchild and she jumps off this porch and the cleaner Murda is like, no, she, he's gone at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, get over yourself. Um, but they're all like, uh, Jimmy, Yimmy at this point is like, I'll go find him. Yep. He gets in his truck, he's driving and he sees Sabrina eating this, her own child's brains out. I mean, like she's getting it. Oh, She's into it. Like it's like some delicious like uh, salsa or cheese dip at the at the, the Mexican restaurant down the down the road. I mean, she's really getting into it. And Yimmy, this is really pisses off Yimmy, and he like backs up and just like runs her into a tree. Which I get it. Yeah. Well, for the second time, this woman got hit by a car in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'd never noticed that. That's this is the second time. Reference chips and salsa at a time like this. I know. I'm sorry. I is so it because sorry. it's Argentinan? Was right. you? Was Santone, you? Santino <laughs> is the youngest kid. All right. Yeah. That's and the Jair is the autistic kid. Jair. Okay, that's it. Right. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Um, may I say something? Yeah. If you were eating anything during this film, that's your mistake. You have issues. You know what I mean? Like you, like yeah. you, like you don't care about life. I don't trust you. I feel like you have a rotten. If you were able to eat during this film, anyway. I do have one thing I want to ask. I yes. Just, if it was me or not, but Murda is pretty much Dr. Loomis. She even wears the trench coat at one point <laughs> when they get into the truck to go fight the evil. Ugh. It's just, I got Dr. Loomis vibe from her. From I felt her. like, uh, I, I felt, I felt safety around, you know, when Murda was there. Oh, she I knows f- what she's doing. I yeah. felt like she knew what she was doing. She knew, I felt like, I felt like I was, I was like, good. Murda's gonna, 
Murdo's gonna guide us through the rest of this film and take care of business. Yeah, I really felt like I, I felt like I had a coat on at that point. I was like, good. I'm glad Murda is there because we finally got us a cleaner. You know? Yeah. And she is the one that I felt was pure stereotype, but also they needed her because they were just going off of nothing before. <laughs> Walking walking into his ex wife's house with the dirty clothes. I mean, uh, look look what this gets you. You yeah. do need help, and he keeps refusing. She's like, "Here's money. Stay the night. No, we gotta go." What's the like? like what's the odds that just Yemi just had just that just had sex with a cleaner when he was a kid? You know, what's the odds? <laughs> How many cleaners are out there, man? I mean, they took religion out of this movie pretty early on, but that is some divine intervention. <laughs> Pedro and Murda's search leads them to a schoolhouse filled with possessed children who boldly lie to the pair in order to uh, uh, extrabate, right? Is that is that right? <laughs> Exacerbate. Exacerbate. <laughs> that's a dangerous word. Let me go ahead and let me go ahead and start that over. <clears throat> Pedro Emerda's search leads them to a schoolhouse filled with possessed children who boldly lie to the pair in order to exacerbate the demonic birth. The pair find Uriel under the stage in a small auditorium, and Pedro tries to properly unearth him as Murda sets up this demon-killing equipment. Losing his patience and believing one of the children's lies about a fire axe nearby that might help, Pedro runs to the office while Murda screams, don't leave me, Chris. Yeah. Uh, so it took you guys, it took three of you dudes to barely get him out of the house. How are you going to get him out of there by yourself? This is an issue. This is yeah. an issue. Yeah. And he's buried under other dead bodies. <laughs> yeah. They they yeah. pull up to the schoolhouse. Because Murda is like, hey, evil, like, I, I bet the evil is here. Why? Because children, children love evil. They love evil. So, so there's like, like, so they're like, uh, if he's still alive, he's going to be in the schoolhouse because the children gravitate to evil. They're going to take care of it because they love evil. They're going to bring it in, whatever. So Murda kind of said that. So they kind of go and they're peeking into these windows and they peek into this window and there's these, it's a class full of children staring at a blackboard. Or staring at absolutely nothing. I have no idea. They're mm. just sitting there and just like it's creepy. We love creepy children in the horror in the horror genre. It's a sure winner. <clears throat> oh, it's sure it's sure win, uh, winner. And and Murda's like he's probably here and he's alive. And Murda's like don't listen to the children. They're gonna lie to you. And a girl comes up. He's not here. He's at my grandfather's house mm. or my dad's. I don't even remember what she said. She's like lying to him. And like Murda literally told Pedro, listen, they're going to lie to you. Like, like Murda's all you got at this point. Come on, Pedro. That's what, that's my only, like, uh, that's my biggest, like, like, come on. Yeah. Murda is yeah. our hero. I felt a coat of like warmth when she was there. And Pedro kind of like didn't listen to her like I wanted him to, you know? And so when she's yeah. setting up her equipment, she's a she's a damn cleaner. She's the only one who can fix this for the whole community and save lives. Come on, Pedro. Listen to Murda. But <clears throat> anyway, he listens to these children, right? Yeah. Chris, he goes, he tries to get an axe. 
the axe is not there. There's an empty case. The perfect outline of an axe. <laughs> There's a, it's there. The case is like open. It's not there. It and uh, go ahead, Chris. Tell them about what the children are doing to Murda at this point. So, yeah, while they're dragging him away uh, or dragging Murda away, they're just kind of smacking her with like a, a hammer or I, something. I, wait, like, the camera pans away, right? So you don't have to see that, right? Like the. I uh, know it stays on it. <laughs> oh, you see it. It, yep. it shows it her bounces dying. off her forehead. Why? Like How? Why? <laughs> this is the craziest thing. <laughs> you want you want them to like, like kind of pan away, right? A little praise no for the sound guy too, here, man. Because you hear it like it goes dunk dunk. <laughs> Getting blood on the boom mic while he was following it. <laughs> the hell are we watching is what I was thinking. I was like, no, no, murder. <laughs> Why did they murder murder? You know, I couldn't believe it. Why didn't Pedro listen? Pedro sucks. Pedro is like the worst hero ever is what I was thinking. Please. Ugh. And I, I'm the strongest advocate for a horror film not giving me any resolve. <laughs> yeah. But my goodness. I wanted Murda to live a little bit longer than this. She actually, she actually knew what she was doing. She had an attachment to our heroes from the beginning. Yep. And she was like, "Don't leave me." <laughs> she actually said to him, "Don't leave me," and he did anyway. They open up this gym floor, like this, like uh, the, the, this floor there in the uh, auditorium, and there's these mm-hmm. adults who were, were like murdered, mm-hmm. and there's like powder all over them. It's lime. Mm-hmm. And there's Uriel, and he's still alive. <laughs> Doesn't he stick his head above the gym floor? It's like a it's weird like, Jack in the Box moment. Yeah, <laughs> he just <laughs> he kind of sticks his head up, you know, at some point. And uh, anyway, weird. Um, <laughs> we laugh because we're traumatized. <laughs> oh my god! While he is away, the children trap Pedro. They kill Murda. They dismantle the equipment, uh, so we don't get to see what Marco Polo equipment, Christopher Columbus equipment was going to do. <laughs> this compass, this gold I- instrument. Enraged, Pedro just beats Uriel to death with a piece of that broken equipment, but it's too late to intercept the birth. The demon inside Uriel is born soon after, shedding his corpse and presenting itself to a defeated Pedro after taunting Pedro by sparing him, right? I think it's, I'm so sorry. Shedding his corpse and presenting itself to a defeated Pedro after taunting Pedro by sparing him, the newly born demon walks out into the morning sun, followed by the children. So he also marks his forehead. Ooh, mark of the cool. beast, oh, yeah. Oh, I love that. They did the mark of the beast thing. I really did love that. Yeah, yeah. when you when you search this film, that's what you see a lot of times. It's just like it's just uh, Pedro yeah. there with that bloody mm. mark on his forehead. I just wanted to see that equipment work. I mean, in most movies, to defeat a demon, <laughs> it's prayer or, or a blessed blade, yeah. and in this one, it's a telescope and a stick, and you don't know how it works. <laughs> I spit my I spit my drink out. <laughs> We'll, we'll see it in the sequel when evil lurked. <laughs> when evil, <laughs> I, I, I've been where evil lurked? Tense. I've been calling it where. I like. Is it where or is it when? I still don't even know. I don't even. I don't it's, care. It's when, when, <laughs> where evil lurks? Yeah. Number two, and it's like it's like the equipment. 
<laughs> Where evil lurks, the equipment. It looked cool. You get to see it this time. <laughs> you get to see it. Are you ready? Last time, the equipment didn't work. This time, it does. <laughs> but she had this thing, and then there's a stick or a, a pull cue or something. She's like, she has to... <laughs> You have to stab him in the neck. She had a pull cue. She's like, you got to get him in the back of the neck or something like that. <laughs> Nuts. I wanted to see it. Oh, I wanted to see it so bad. But yeah, they screwed that up. Um, the two brothers, they returned to Murda's separately. And after collecting the remaining son, they head back. I, first off, may I say something? Hmm. Did, did we yep. talk about how the uh, special needs son back at grandmother's place did it? Did oh, yeah. he, he walked in. You said it, but we didn't discuss it. He just walks in and is talking and walking normally now. He's just totally fine. Yeah. So, so, so the special yeah. needs son, out of nowhere, the grandmother staying behind with him. Um, he's special needs, and he's he's really nonverbal, other than like the ice cream and stuff like that. Yeah. He's very nonverbal. <laughs> All of a sudden, and Murda's like he's possessed, which like when you hear it, you're just like, that's very outdated information. Yeah. You're like, he's a special needs. Like, that's something that y'all did way back thousands of years ago. You know what I mean? Like, that's, mm-hmm. that, that's very outdated. That's old school. And then, and then she goes, you see his hands? See, yeah. how, his, see how his hands are? That's how I know he's possessed. The demon's in him. But since he is special needs, the demon doesn't know how to navigate. He's trying his, to work out his mind. His body mm-hmm. and his mind. Yes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, there's a scene where where he walks in. He's like, "Grandmother, make me a sandwich. I'm hungry." <laughs> yeah. That actually messed me up more than I wanted. Oh, to I was like, "Oh, what?" <laughs> he was like, "He he's like, I'm cold. Make me a damn sandwich." I was like, "Yes." They do a good job of showing that nonverbal part because he's like moaning and making noises, oh, and, and they do it a lot. And then to see him walk in and be like, "I'm hungry, grandmother." Yeah. Oh God, so good! And he, because he's straight up just looking out the window one way, and I mm. say that because at the end he makes this look back, like where his eyes like kind of glance back, mm-hmm. and it's like so freaking creepy, you know. But anyway, he's like looking yeah. out straight out the window. He won't even look at Pedro when he's talking to him. And then when he get like, like again, the grandmother, he's there with the grandmother, and the grandmother's like freaked out. But at the same time, he walks in and he's like speaking normally now. And yeah, it's nuts. The two brothers they return with Murda separately after collecting the returning son. They head back to their own home at the shed. Uriel's possessed brother tells him that he killed the original cleaner. Four days ago, devouring him. He also reveals that he did the same thing to his mother the night before, and alludes that his uh, uh, to that his and Pedro's mother has safe, uh, suffered the same fate. Pedro returns inside and feeds his son ice cream, but he begins choking. While Pedro helps him, he discovers that he is choking. On his own mother, on his mother, his grandmother's, I guess, or his mother's hair, and his that his son is possessed as well, having tricked him under the veil of his autism. Pedro runs outside, collapses in his grief, having lost everyone, eh, except Aluigi or his own brother, right? <laughs> so we're back at the beginning. Man. 
that was hard to watch because he's like got his hands in his throat like Ugh. digging out this hair Ugh. and then he comes across a necklace there's like blood drooling everywhere that necklace to, like, was like yeah, put yeah. my hand above in front of my face so i like you know i was like kind of covering the tv that was pretty hard to watch disgusting but, crap what a movie ah uh, what a movie i was distracted by everything that happened that the reveal that Uriel's brother actually killed the cleaner actually did get me. <laughs> yes. I feel like I should have figured that out at some yeah. point, but yeah. it really did. And I was like, holy crap. Yeah. They brought it full circle. Yeah. And also, I love this ending. I don't love happy endings in horror movies. Yeah, me either. And to go back on the acting, when Pedro like walks out and just drops to his knees and starts <laughs> screaming into nothing, I was like, oh, God, that really... He really did lose everything. And I'm not entirely convinced that Yimmy isn't possessed. He touched everything. Yeah. The, like we, we don't know. Uh, what a crazy movie, man! This movie is like uh, it goes ahead. And like it, it, it's like it's a good possession movie. It makes you feel weird. It, it just like it just uh, all the emotion that you want to feel with a horror movie, you get it from it. It's uh, it's nuts, Chris. I understand why you gave it a thirteen. It is. Uh, I mean, <laughs> like again, it's well rounded. It's a, it. yeah. It's uh, gosh, it's good. It was really good. I feel like I lowballed it. Like after yeah, thinking no. about it again, <laughs> this is my first podcast. I got nervous. I tried to be critical. No, no, it's no, really no, good. No. Yeah, I get it. It, it is really good. Um, yeah, Chris, any final thoughts? Yeah, no. Um, I, I can only hope that like some directors and stuff, like because we just saw a crappy movie in Night Swim. <laughs> I really hope that like directors can like see this movie, see how they did this movie, and maybe carry on that mantle because uh, it would yeah. be nice to see some movies that are, you know, they don't all have to be possession movies, but yeah. give us some fun, brutal, you know, relentless movie. Give us some great cinematography, great acting. I mean, that's, you know, I, I hope that other directors can glean some of that from this movie. And a original idea, right? Yeah. An original idea. That's huge. On a low budget. On a low budget. I mean, like, you don't have to spend a lot of money. I mean, I enjoyed Terrifier. I enjoyed this. You don't have to spend a lot of money to have an original idea. Uh, uh, the same rehashed crap, you know? Come on now. Exorcist Believer. <laughs> Exorcist Believer. Man, when evil lurks, please go watch it if you haven't watched it yet. But again, if you... If you have any, uh, if, if you, uh, again, it, this thing is brutal. This is, uh, yeah, no uh, kids. No, don't want, no kids. Don't allow children in the house while you watch this movie. <laughs> I watched this in front of a beautiful fire at night with my headphones, and man, I did, I couldn't sleep the rest. <laughs> I usually can't, like, when I watch a horror film, I'm like, man, I, like, I go to sleep fine, but man, I couldn't even sleep after this one. This is nuts. Go watch When Evil Lurks. Thanks. That does it for this episode of Blood and Donuts. Thanks so much for listening. Please like and subscribe. Check out our other episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Stop by our YouTube channel, Blood and Donuts Podcast. Until next time, this has been Chris and Tony's Blood and Donuts. Blood and Donuts.